It is Monday, October 4th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who truly believes, well, if the Jets beat him, J.P. Shadrick. And welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with you. We've got a busy program ahead, of course. On Monday, that means Pete Briscoe and Tony Baselli are right around the corner. Pete Briscoe, the CBS Sports senior writer. Tony Baselli, Mr. Jaguar, I guess. Uh, Urban Meyer press conference review. The head coach spoke today in his normal Monday spot. The Bengals over the Jaguars recap from Thursday night football. The Jaguars had the mini bye weekend over the weekend. We've got plenty of social media questions. We'll get to those in the second hour, and we'll go around the National Football League. Let's start today with the biggest news of the day. Urban Meyer's normally scheduled Monday press conference at 11 o'clock this morning. Topic number one in the press conference today, his explanation of the video and photos that surfaced on social media over the weekend. I just apologize to the team and staff and uh, for being a distraction, just stupid. Um, and so I explained everything that happened and owned it and, you know, just stupid. Uh, should not have myself in that kind of position. No, I stayed to see the grandkids and we all went to dinner that night at uh, the restaurant and then there's a big group next to our restaurant and they wanted me to come over and take pictures and I did. And, and trying to pull me out on the dance floor, screwing around, and I should have left. Well, I've always been so defensive of them. You know, I remember when Trevor told me he was going to go to Vegas for his bachelor party. I mean, I was just, my gosh, man, be careful and surround yourself because I've seen this happen. And, uh, and I just, so the team, the team uh, I spoke to a bunch of leaders one-on-one, -on -one, spoke to all the players. Uh, they're good. They were focused on Tennessee, and I apologized again for being a distraction. Uh, a coach should not be a distraction. That's head coach Urban Meyer earlier today. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli joining us now here on Jaguars Happy Hour as they do each and every Monday. Tony, good afternoon. What are your thoughts? JP, how you doing? Um, what are my thoughts? Um, he, he, listen, he addressed it. He owned it that it, you know, it was a mistake. The biggest issue to me is that it is a distraction. And anything, I mean, because coaches harp on players all the time, do not be a distraction. Don't be the story. Um, don't take away from what the team is doing and what we're trying to accomplish. And, and he did. But you know what? He owned it. He said it was a mistake. Um, I'm not going to dive into the morality of whatever. You know, that's uh, that could be done on another talk show at another time. Um, or if Pete wants to dive into that, I, he is more than welcome to. Um, from the football side of it, uh, you know, I <laughs> – I guess the, the only thing that I wonder is, you know, you're 0-4, not flying home with the team. Now, if it was part of the policy that any player or any coach could stay back uh, after the game and not travel home with the team because they're going to have three days off, then great. If that was what the team decided, that's that's fine. But I just think it's it's just not a great look um, more than anything, and it goes back to the distraction. But as far as I'm concerned, he owned it. He he, he apologized. He apologized to the team. Um, I thought it was interesting the, the media asking if he apologized to his family again that's his business um, what he how he deals with his family one way or another um, and as far as I'm concerned it, it should be over let's move forward I mean because the bottom line is this team needs to focus on winning football games 
and they need to figure out how to win games because they're 0-4 right now, and they play a Tennessee Titan uh, team that's going to come off a, t- a bad loss and is looking for a win. Pete Prisco, good afternoon. Yeah, uh, stupid is uh, the right word, and he used it a bunch, and he's appro- it's appropriate in that situation. Uh, again, I'm with Tony. I'm not getting into the morality of what he did and what he didn't do, but, uh, you know, look, he went to a restaurant. That didn't look like a restaurant to me. Uh, I can tell you that right now. Um, it looked like Party Central. <laughs> and whatever he did, that's his business. My problem is a lot like what Tony said. Your team got beat on a last-second field goal to go to 0-4. It's a gut-wrenching loss. And you don't get on a plane to go home? And I'm trying to think of instances where I can remember a coach not going home. And the reason I say that is, okay, maybe if, like, you stayed behind, you were part of the scouting staff, and you had a game in Ohio State you wanted to watch, you might stay behind. But you go home with your team. And you get home with your team and you go to work on Friday to start fixing the damn thing. And now, if you want to spend time with your family over the weekend, that's fine. But you do it at home. You don't stay in Ohio. And he's out and about in a, in a pink, Ohio, it looked like a red Ohio State shirt. It wasn't the Jaguars gear. It just, it's just a bad look. Forget about what was going on. It's a bad look from a football coach to be doing that in the middle of the season. If Even if you want to stay and see your grandkids, you could have saw them the night before the game. You could have saw them after the game, during the game, you know, after before the game when they walk up and say hello. Got the whole offseason to see them. That's, that's, and it didn't look like there were any grandkids at that place. I can tell you that right now. So I just don't like the explanation. I don't like the optics of it. Morality-wise, that's not for me to judge. That's not for Tony to judge. That's for other people to judge in his inner circle. But from a football standpoint, bad look, bad optics. And oh, by the way, what the hell did he drag Trevor Lawrence into it for? I mean, my God, poor guy. Watch out on your watch out on your uh, trip to Vegas for your bachelor party, buddy. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, but, now, but... <laughs> now, now, no matter what anybody does, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas. I'm going here. Well, be careful. <laughs> you can't tell him that. It's done. It's over. Well, but, you can't tell him that. Yeah, but Pete, would you agree though? He addressed it the only way he could. Just head on. He apologized. I mean, I, I think the story's over now. Now, let's hope. I mean, nothing more comes out. Um, but hopefully the story's over. You move forward. You look towards Tennessee because the one thing you can't allow this is to become a distraction because this is a football team that has lost 19 straight games. Now, only four of them under Urban. You can't put the other 15 on him. But the last thing you want to do is be worrying about stuff that does not matter. Now, it might matter to him. It might matter to his family and everything else, but it's over. It's in the past. You you have to move on. And to me, he addressed it. And so there should be no more questions. There should be nothing else to be talked, nothing else to talk about. And it should be all Tennessee uh, moving forward. I mean, would you, I guess I'm asking you, if you were the beat writer, you got what you, what you needed today. Is that it? Are you done? Is it time to move no, on? No, the next step is to ask the players what they think about it. <laughs> no, you're not done. There's a story in the locker room. Your coach is being photographed the day after a game in that situation. Of course it's not done. 
the problem is there's no more beat work being done. You can't. I feel sorry for the guys that cover the beats in this league now because you can't go in the locker room and talk to guys. But you can't wait in the parking lot. And no, that story is not done. The next part of it, it's not a big deal, but the next part of it is as a football player, when you see your coach doing that, what is the reaction to it? And nine times out of 10, guys will go, ah, we didn't care. It's done. It's over with. But you might get two or three guys that say it was a little disturbing to see a guy who's setting policy and discipline in this building being undisciplined. Because that's what it was. It was undisciplined. He was not being disciplined. And could you ever imagine if you guys flew home and Tom stayed behind and you saw videos like that? In your wildest dreams, it would have never happened. Never. But if it had happened, the difference between, I give Urban credit, Urban always hits it head on and tries to make it go away. Tom used to let stuff, he'd never say anything, and he'd let it fester to become a bigger story as you went throughout the week. You know how Tom operated. Oh, no, he wouldn't say a word about it. He asked a question, he get all belligerent, and it would never get answered. So the story became bigger and bigger. Urban, to your credit, you're right, Tony. He just said, okay, move on. Let's go. I did it. Let's go on. And, and that's kind of smart on his part. But again, considering all the baggage that's followed him around, it, it, there's a pattern there. I mean, there's a big time pattern there. And, and at some point, you got to look in the mirror and say, what am I doing? You know, you got it's it just got to focus on being a football coach. Yeah, how much of that? Pete, that's a great point. I didn't think about that. How much has the stories from Florida and Ohio State fed into this being a bigger story? I mean, twofold. One, you're an NFL coach. Two, you're Urban Meyer, one of the most you know sought out coaches, uh, successful football coaches, regardless of level in the history of the game. You know, how much of it was you know. What has happened in the past where this became even uh, maybe a bigger story than it would in other places? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, and here's the other thing. If it's and Cliff Kingsbury the night after a game stays behind and he's in the club and he's doing it, you might sit there and you'd say, yeah, OK, that's Cliff Kingsbury. And he, by the way, Cliff Kingsbury is not a married man. You might say, OK, you still would rip him for not taking part in the football side of things, though. But I mean, this guy, the, I couldn't tell by the video, but the poor girl that she was like 19. I mean, there's a problem with the whole thing. Yeah, but okay, listen, I want to stick to the football side of it, where we started, Pete, because I think that's the bigger story. But and you I said by a head right. coach looking in that, if a head coach, if you saw, is it a bigger story because of his track record? Okay, Cliff Kingsbury has a track record of being out and about with models, and he's a you know he's a he's a he's a playboy in his own way. So it wouldn't be that big a story because of who he but, is. But but, but I like but I like your point better though. It would be still be a big story if it happened after they lost four in a row on the road. Everyone else flew home, and he's staying out in the city that he just left, having a good time. Right. I think that's my point. It, it, it's a big story. Because he's an NFL football coach of a team, whether, you know, I think it's magnified when you're not having success. I think it becomes even a bigger story. But there's also I, a I, pattern I, I, of stuff going wrong in Jacksonville. I mean, let's be real. You had the strength and conditioning coach, bad look. Your special teams coach, whatever happened there, bad look. Um, you, you got, you know, the bullhorn and everything else that goes on and the players not liking all that stuff. Coaches, 
you know, not really feeling warm and fuzzy with their head coach. I mean, and that does, that doesn't happen everywhere. I mean, that, some of that stuff happens everywhere. But it just has been a pattern of, of that stuff, and this kind of adds to it. And if you're a player, Tony, okay, you've been in locker rooms. You've been on teams. What are the players saying? <laughs> I mean, at what well, point do you put that away and focus on, on the, the game coming up? That's, well, you go play you know? football. You get it. But yeah, you but know there's going to be an endless Pete, stream of right. – But Pete's right. Let me tell you what. There's a lot of jokes in the locker room. There's a lot of comments being said in the locker room. That's where I always go back. And I was saying this morning with Dan and Jeff, I said, I, I don't know how to explain it, but this stuff just becomes a distraction. It takes a life of its own. In any moment, a team or a locker room is worried about something else besides the game at hand. It's a distraction. Now, there's always a lot of banter, banter in a locker room back and forth. Now, and I, maybe it's not as much as it was back when, you know, I played Pete, but could you imagine if this happened in our locker room? No. Now, there would have been... There'd be jokes. There'd be stuff on the board. I mean, there'd be comments. No, made. it would be. It, and and the next yeah. day when I was in the locker room, I would have gotten. T- I would have had ten guys telling me great lines, whether off the record or on the record, on on, you know, why it happened. And it's no. It's okay. Let's think about this. Remember when the axe incident happened in the locker room? I mean, <laughs> the the poor was it the punter sliced his leg almost off or whatever. Yeah, you know Chris, that uh, was the topic Chris, of conversation and jokes inside that locker room for at least a month, right? I mean, yeah, things happen and they become a distraction. And this, having your leader, your discipline guy be in this situation is not a good look for the football team. It just isn't. And again, yeah. staying out of the morality part of it, because that's not, you know, that's his business and that's his family's business. Staying from a football standpoint you just, it's just not a good look for Urban Meyer. All right, guys. Come on, Pete, yeah. uh, 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 do we need to take a break? Are we going to break? Are we done, JP? We can be, yeah, unless you got one more thought, Tony. Go ahead, Tony. One more quick one. Yeah, I know you got a good one. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, here's the other thing. I mean, this is human nature, but players are like this. Like, you have to build up credibility. And trust me, Urban has a lot of credibility because of who he is and what he's done and the success. So he has a lot of credibility. But I do think that takes a hit when you do something that is against what you are preaching to your team. I mean, no different than as a player, if I am asking or demanding something from my team as a team leader, but then I do something contrary to what I'm asking them to do, I lose credibility. I mean, that's just human nature. I mean, Pete, you know that. I mean, think of situations you're in, whether it's your boss or a peer that's trying to get you to do something or preaching something to you, and then they go do something that is completely antagonistic to that um i think there's a credit i think credibility is questioned at least and so i agree and, and next those time are, those are all the things yeah. that come up i mean those yeah are next time he calls and and next time he calls and next time he calls the player's parents they're gonna be like wait a second wait one second coach meyer <laughs> you're you're gonna talk to me about this <laughs> well <laughs> I, I, mean, I wasn't gonna go that far but my, I, I would say it differently pete because you earn credibility by actions and by your track record and what you've done in the past and what you're, you know, do you think you do in the future? This is why now, in my opinion, winning, you want to get rid of this. You want this to go away. You got to, you have to win and you have to beat Tennessee. One because quick thing, JP, weekend, I, you, yeah. you win this weekend. It's, it's gone. One quick thing, JP, before yeah. you go to break, yeah. I actually had guys I talked to that were wondering if this wasn't just one way for him to get out of the job. 
And that's how bad, bad a look it is. I mean, some people ask me that. They said, do you think this is, might be a way for him to actually get away, get out of the job? And I'm like, I don't think so. It's just a bad look. But think about that question being asked after four games of a head coach in the NFL. Is this a way for him to get away from his job? Because, wow. you know, walking away is a bad look, too. That's the state of affairs these days. We'll come back in a moment. Plenty ahead. We will touch on the Thursday night football loss as well for the Jaguars. Their fourth of this season and 19th in a row. Recap that ball game. They had it in hand and let it slip away in the second half. In the second hour, we'll get to your social media questions and plenty more ahead. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I know. I thought the guys did a good job. Uh, played a lot of different guys tonight, especially a receiver and tight end. <clears throat> but everybody was prepared. Everybody was prepared and, and made the play when they needed to. So uh, I thought we did a good job on that end. Um, yeah, thought the guys did a good job stepping up when we lost. Great player in DJ. Obviously, that's that hurts. I uh, love DJ. It's my guy. So uh, not just because he's a great player. But, you know, that sucks just seeing him going through that. But uh, yeah. That's Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback after the Jags loss on Thursday night football in Cincinnati. And welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour on a Monday afternoon. JP Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli. Glad you're along with us today. Jaguars are 0 4. Their most recent was the Thursday night football loss, 24-21. Led 14-zip at halftime. We're all still shaking our heads after that one. The goal line situation before half didn't go the right way. Couldn't get up three scores, missed the touchdown opportunity, and then lost that lead altogether. The offense rallied back, though, and had a big boy drive, actually, after that to, to make it a 21-14 game. The defense just couldn't get off the field in the second half. and In fact, they didn't at all. They scored on all four drives, the, the Bengals did, and outscored the Jaguars in the second half 24-7. Pete, it was another collapse in the second half, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, it was not a good look. Look, let's go back to the play call at the end of the half. Hated it. Just absolutely hated it. I don't mind being aggressive if you want to go for it. I, I was split either way. I said, okay, this is a bad team. You're trying to win a game on the road. I understand where you could come from from that standpoint. I probably would have kicked the field goal. But if you're going for it from the inch line, you got a six foot six quarterback. Take the snap under center, sneak the ball, push him, push him forward, and get the touchdown. If you're not going to do that, then turn and hand the ball off to Robinson behind the left side of the line. Let him push people right back and then try and get the touchdown that way. Running that play from the shotgun? I mean, that was just absurd. It was a terrible call. I don't care how it worked out, out on the field a couple times. It just was a terrible decision. And Urban said it was supposed to pitch it to uh, Robinson. Yeah. And if you pitched it to Robinson, he was going to be in a one-on-one. I watched it today. You're gonna, he was going to be in a one-on-one situation with the safety. Does he win? Maybe. Does he not? I think the easiest thing to do, you have a six-foot-six quarterback. Quarterback sneak it. So, I mean, I think – you know, at the moment, I said, I, you know, I said, go for it. Because, you, you know, when you're 0-3 and things aren't going your way, you feel like, hey, we need to, like, just put a nail in the coffin. And I felt like if you get a touchdown there, it's probably over. I mean, you know, or it's pretty close to being over. Looking back, you could argue the field goal is the best uh, just because it's a th- makes it a three-possession game. 
meaning in you know getting three uh, possess- coming back from down three possessions in the way, in the way that game was going uh, might have been difficult. With that said, I'm not going to kill him for going for it because I said uh, go for it at the time. I, like I don't understand when you're on the half yard line why you would go- run a play where your quarterback or the runner is going parallel to the line of scrimmage. Like so, either one or two plays, quarterback sneak. Or give it to James Robinson, you know, right over the, you know, in in either a gap. Just tell me the last time James Robinson has been tackled for less than a foot. It doesn't happen much. You're right. Like like never. And so, either of those calls, I'd be fine with. I, I'm with you, Pete. Didn't love the call. Um, play call. Going for it. I'm good with that. What if they had kicked? Would you be? Would you have been upset about that? It's three scores. Um, maybe. In the moment, I might have said, oh, I'd have been more aggressive. But looking back, no, it's three. It's a three possession game. I think I'd be fine. Yeah, that was a hard that was hard when I usually, you know me, I'm, I'm always about being aggressive. But I think in that scenario, either way they played it, I was OK with it. I wasn't. But I just once you ran that play, then I hated the call. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. Give it to Robinson or, or sneak it. I mean, he's six, six. You can push him now. The bush push. Remember, everybody does it now. <laughs> I was I was going to say, though, I mean, they had a, a new kicker, but he'd already made two extra points by that point. So I would guess that wasn't the concern. No, that was just being aggressive. Yeah. That's all that no, was. He, uh, yeah, and I'm fine. I, and that, again, 0-3, yeah. if you're in a playoff chase and that's a playoff-type game, then you kick. Yeah, I mean, three possessions is a lot. Yeah, and then it changes, of course, when yeah. they when they score early in the second half. Then it's a ten point game at that point, and then you can the uh, the strategy would have been a, a little bit different in that scenario. But man, I'll, the say, se- I'll say this though, JP, the yeah. feeling I had in the second half, if they needed to go score a touchdown that last time instead of a field goal, like they would have gone and scored. Like our defense had no answers. They were out of gas for them in the second half. Out of gas. Yeah, once- Did you feel like they could they could just do whatever they wanted? Yeah, once the third down pass where, where he got outside the pocket on when he when the Jaguars had the ball, he spun it away, whatever. There was nothing there, and he scrambled and everything. That was the end of the game right there because they were going to get something. Mm. Yeah, they um, defense couldn't get off the field. They they had the sack, but then the defensive holding early in that final drive for the field goal, and you know, unfortunately, the dro- the drive continued and. Yeah, Burrow just kind of stood back there in the second half. The pass rush has got to get home a little bit more effectively when they need it's to. It's non-existent. Pete. They don't have it right now, Pete. No, they had the the one play. I think was when they got everybody out of pass rush when they got the sack. Yeah. Everybody was there. And then the rest of the game, nobody was there. I, I I don't. Josh Allen dropped ten times, I think, in the game. If I'm not mistaken, in the coverage. I don't like that. I mean, it's a three-four um, defense, right, Pete? It, that's what you get when you go to three-four. Yeah. Sometimes, right? You got to go cover. I don't know. I just, I didn't like that. I, and and Chason does nothing. Nothing. Zero. I mean, like, well, he's, no- I mean, he's, you know, he's basically the fourth linebacker now, outside linebacker. I mean, you got Josh Allen's ahead of him. John Ward's ahead of him. Dewan uh, Smooth is ahead of him, and then Jason. But yeah, they, I mean, they they also but even in those defenses where they slide one of those guys inside, he comes on and he doesn't do anything. I, I'm agreeing with you. That's the problem. So is it too early to use the B word? It's awful early, Pete. What's the awful, B word, Pete? Early. Just for the record. <laughs> Bust. 
It is awful I mean, it's early. early. It's very early. Well, it was, was it all, then it was an awful early to trade the, the, the corner that you drafted in top 10. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it was I too early for I Chase on. It, was. it, wasn't, it wasn't too early for, for Henderson? Well, I said the same thing. I mean, and as usual, I mean, I was watching you know stuff on the internet. You got the Panther people just raving at what a great deal they got and how much they loved, you know, CJ Anderson. I'm thinking, watch him go, you know, and then you, I thought it was too early. And it just, you know, I, I think when you're losing and things aren't going your way, you look for every little thing. I mean, it's like the, Quincy Williams this weekend for the Jets playing like yeah. he's, you know, he was incredible. All pro. He was incredible yesterday. <laughs> well, he, Who he, is this he guy? also fits what they do a lot better. I mean, he's so flashing he all over the field. 56 and green is like right. flying everywhere. But doesn't running he around hitting people, running around hitting people and uh, getting sacks? I think you can do him pretty much any defense. Okay, but uh, if let's just say let's just say he was on this team. Where would you play him? Couldn't play him in the middle, right? Yeah, he's he not played, that big. He's not that big. Well, yeah, you could. I mean, why couldn't you play him in nickel? Why couldn't you play him in Miles Jack and nickel? You could. So he'd be the nickel linebacker then. I, I mean, look, I would. here's the thing. This was a team that talked about doing nothing but trying to get faster, and they cut a fast, speedy linebacker and a fast, speedy receiver who had three catches for 90 yards. He averaged 30 yards a catch yesterday. You know who that was, J.P.? Keelan Cole. Cole, yeah, big catch in overtime. Well, they caught him, but they he left. But still, why wouldn't you keep him? I don't know. That's the week before, Colin Johnson had five catches for the Giants. He's and not a so, fast guy. He wasn't a fast guy. He was a tall guy. Though. No, he's not a fast guy, but, okay, trot out. Who's going to start at wide receiver this week? Uh, it's a good question. A good <laughs> well, there's, two, there's two that could be on the field. <laughs> I mean. That's where they are right now because DJ Chark's on injured reserve with a fractured ankle, and that's the state of affairs right on offense. Look, one thing that shows up week in and week out, no matter what, is the lack of speed outside. It shows up in the way everybody plays them, and it's going to be a season-long problem. Yeah. You can't fix it. It's you can't fix that fixed. now. you got to fix that in the draft and in free agency. You can't fix that right now. No way. Isn't it the kid we got from uh, the Chargers? Uh, yeah, he can run. Why don't they? Why doesn't he play? I mean, he got a couple snaps. Yeah, Tyron Johnson uh, got some snaps the other day. Tyron Johnson got a couple snaps. What did he get? Like 10, 12 snaps. Going through it. Yeah, Johnson got nine snaps. Sixteen percent of the snaps. Nine out of fifty-six. Yeah. Okay, but if DJ Chark doesn't get hurt, how many snaps does he get? Probably, probably not, not nine. Yeah, probably so not. So why? What's the problem with him? Why aren't they getting him on the field? Well, I mean, Pete, we're not at practice. I mean, I mean, we're all, all practice is closed. I mean, who knows? And I, I mean, Tavon Austin I mean, that, got a bunch. A that, Tavon Austin got forty-one of fifty-six snaps. Okay, so Tavon Austin will be on the field along with Jones and and Chanel, right? Those are That's your three. How probably play it. Those are your three. Yeah, right there. And then the others so are about, Johnson and Agnew now. You think about the receivers right now. Try them out for 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 Sunday's game. Yeah. An aging Marvin Jones, who's a good player, but he doesn't he doesn't run by anybody. Good route. Chenault, runner. who's a physical player who doesn't run by anybody. Mm-hmm. Austin, who's tiny and can run a little bit, but he's been a cast off at different spots. Agnew, who's a converted defensive back and a re- great return man, but he's not a receiver. I mean, it's just it's. I feel sorry sometimes for Trevor Lawrence when he goes back in the pocket to throw to that group. 
Well, we'll, um, we'll yeah, see what they... I, mean, I, I wouldn't go that far. I don't know if I feel sorry for him, Pete. Well, you know, I don't <laughs> feel sorry. He's making a lot of money playing quarterback in the NFL, so I don't feel sorry. You're but being, you know what I mean. You're being Relatively dramatic. Speaking, let me tell you, compared, compared right, let me tell you who did look fast. Let, let me tell you who did look fast and quick on Thursday night. Dan Arnold, the tight end. He did. Tight end. Got upfield quick after the catch, turn up field, get a little burst. You know. We need to get we need to get my man in more play. Let's get him going a little bit. Like that might that. be yeah. that might be our uh, kind of hidden uh, hidden weapon. Hey, let's come back in a moment. We got plenty ahead. Second hour in a little bit. We'll have social media questions. We'll play keeping it real as we always do. We'll go around the National Football League and hear the best from around week number four in the NFL. That's coming up in just a little bit. Check out the official Jaguars podcast network. It's free on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Give us that five-star rating, as always, in a Jaguars happy hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony, Jaguars Today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon after a mini bye week. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Briscoe, Tony Baselli. The Jaguars are now 0-4. They will host the Tennessee Titans Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. Big game in a lot of ways for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trying to snap this 19-game losing skid. Trying to snap an 0-4 start. Trying to play better defense in the second half. They've hit the last two games. They've let second half... Leads get away. They had a nine-point lead late in the third quarter on Arizona. Let that one slip away. Seven scrimmage snaps later, it was over. And then uh, last week on Thursday night football, so trying to get that going right. They uh, ran the ball a little better last week. The offense in the first half was good. Moved down the field a few times, but just not enough to uh, get that W uh, last Thursday night. And by the way, that was the like the highest-rated Thursday night football game in years, Pete. Yeah, that's weird. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, look, it was it was actually a pretty good football game. Here's the thing. Arizona went to the Rams and destroyed them on Sunday. Just dominated from start to finish. And Jacksonville led them by nine late in the game. I mean, yeah. yep. Then, again, they're getting better. They're not good, but they're getting better. And that's, you know, Pete, it's it, what Pete, what you just did is so dumb. It's so dangerous. Well, we play good against this team. That no, team, I didn't say that team. I just and said they're getting better. It, I, I agree to you getting better, but I don't like comparing one game to another because one Arizona comes to the East coast plays in Florida. You know, we're looking ahead game. We're looking at completely ahead. different feel playing in the same time zone, division rival for the division lead. I mean, two different scenarios. I get it, but they're Absolutely. still a good football team, and you were leading them by nine in the fourth I, quarter. Th- that's great. I didn't say they weren't a good football team. I'm like, I just don't like, – I, I get worried when people I think who are smart like you say dumb things, and that was dumb. <laughs> that's not dumb. I'm not saying that that's, that they're better than Arizona. Or they, were, they competed against a good football team. True or false? True, but if that's what your barometer a good is, team? guess what? Yes. Did you lose? Yeah. Yeah, well, they're going to lose a lot. They're going to lose a lot. They don't have talent on that team right now. I know. I get what you're trying. If you're trying to say they're getting better. 
yes. from week one to week four. I agree. Yes. But, like, let's not start giving moral victories. Like, well, they almost beat a team that beat a team. Well, they got the it. That's about all they got right now, Tony, is moral victories because they don't have one in the, in the, in the left-hand column. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. That streak, right. that streak started to look more. I don't know. The Titans lost to the Jets yesterday. I mean, I think we. I mean, I've I've said from the beginning we'd win a game by by Miami. So I mean, I mean, I mean uh, by the end of by the end of Miami, so I think they're winning so got, one of the next one two. of the next two. So, so it's my it's t- Tennessee, and and then what? Hang on, I got or, it. Tennessee, and then Miami in London, then a bye week, then at Seattle, then home against Buffalo, then at Indy, home against San Francisco, <laughs> home against Atlanta. That one would tie the Bucks. At the Rams after that. At the well, Titans. They, they could break the record in a new shiny stadium where they're going to play the Super Bowl. It would break the the uh, post-merger record of 26. The actual league record is back in World War II. It's 29 by the Cardinals over well, a four-season Keep going. Might keep going through that schedule. I'm just telling you. Uh, at the Rams, so that would be, yeah. And then at the Titans. 28. Texans at home. There's your win. They, they won't get the old streak. It's not good. I hate that we're even talking about this right now. Well, if they don't win against Tennessee or Miami, that they're getting the streak. Wouldn't you agree, Tony? No, I think they can beat Indy too. I don't think Indy's very good. No, you're right. They could probably beat him, but but and and Atlanta's not very good. But Atlanta would be to tie the the streak would be tied, wouldn't it, JP? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. But you can't sit here and say they're def- definitively winning any of them. No. I can. Which oh. one? Lock it. Miami. In London. <laughs> at Hot- so at Tottenham Hotspur. Are you locking that? Well, I don't have to lock it. Listen, I don't want to get distracted. That's a no. I'm taking <laughs> that as a no, Pete. He's <laughs> not, lo- not locking it. I don't it. want to get distracted. You just said it's they're going to win me. one of the next two. It's Titan Week, Pete. You can't get distracted from Titan Week. <laughs> okay. You in nineteen ninety nine, you guys must have got distracted three times. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Wow! Top that rope, Pete. For. I'm called for. <laughs> from the top rope, um, it is Titans Week. Uh, are uh, are the receivers going to play this week, Pete, for the Titans? By the way, Julio and uh, Brown are both out. See, I think it's. I think. There was some of we'll hold them out for the next game and maybe the next game because those are winnable without them. We'll get them right for when we really need them. And then they, they looked up and they they were losing to the they lost to the Jets and now they maybe they have to be forced to play them. Mm. You can't you can't lose another game in the division. The, the Titans looked like they were going to run away with the division after beating the Colts, right? Because the, the Colts looked like they had problems. Yeah. And then one week it just flips and now the division is wide open again because the Colts won at Miami and. And they lost to the Jets. If the Jags they win this look, week, if the Jags win mistakes, this week, they, they're they right sh- in it. They should have put that game away early on Sunday. They were down there to go ahead, and he snapped it over the Tannehill's head, and they had to settle for a field mm. goal. I mean, just all these little mistakes that kept biting them in the butt. Mm. Uh, how 
I mean, is the biggest issue with those guys uh, in Tennessee, uh, Pete, their offensive line? I haven't watched any tape yet. Bad. I, it's bad. Yeah. I watched well, opening weekend when they played Arizona, and they looked awful. Because Lamont um, got nicked up yesterday then, again, right, Pete, for a minute? Like, he was yeah, out he for a little ankle. bit. Yesterday he hurt his ankle. Yeah. And think about this. In two games, you saw the Titans game. I mean, the Cardinals game. They got nine sacks, the Cardinals. Yesterday there were seven, Tony. That's 16 sacks in two games. Not That's good. pretty good. Pretty good average. Hell, if they, I don't know what they did in the other games. If it's sixteen or four games, four games good. Yeah, not they're not playing. They're I not mean, playing I well. Mean, four, four, four a game is bad for an offensive line. Good for a defense. Yeah, that would be what uh, <coughs> a lot. Yeah, it'd be a ton. It would be uh, sixty-eight sacks for the year. That's that's a lot of sacks, but they're they've given up more than that too. I think I have to look, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just they're not the right guard is a disaster. Nate Davis, he's playing awful. Juan's bad. The right tackle's not good. It's just not a good line right now, and that's always been one of their calling cards, particularly over the years in the rivalry, hasn't it? Big, physical, tough offensive line. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the run, yeah, it's always been the run game, and I mean that's but they still have that. They're still running the ball. There's not pass right. protecting. They, they ran the ball well against the Jets. Yeah, they did. Well, if the Jaguars' defense can slow down that run game, then this could be the pass rush get right week, Pete. Sounds like. Well, since they had so much success slowing down 22 over the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's pinged off about 18 guys. <laughs> I think per they, run. they still play the commercial with Mike Keith yelling, 99 yards all over NFL Network. So. I mean, what is he? I got to go off the top of your head. He's got to be averaging 150 in like the last four games against them. Well, Pete, how about this year? He's already, he's 170 cleared of the next closest guy yeah. running the ball in the NFL. This right, year. right. Nick Chubb. Way ahead. 170. And he got off to a slow start because he didn't do anything in week one. Hmm. Well, yeah, but when he, he didn't do anything, you know, he rushed forward, not doing anything, like 75. Right. Yeah, they're, uh, that's what they want to do. See, the problem is their identity is pound him and play great defense and, you know, take the shots and protect the quarterback. Well, they pound him. That's working. They're not playing great defense. They don't rush the passer that well. And the line's not holding up on the shots. It's a bad combination. Hey, by the way, uh, you mentioned Henry. So last year he had 215 and two touchdowns here in Jacksonville in week 14. He had 84 yards in the game before that early in the year. And then in 2019, 159 and two touchdowns in the game um, in Tennessee, week 12. Um, not, a, not a great game in Jacksonville, week three. Then back in 2018, that was the 238 with four touchdowns, including the 99-yard run. That was back in uh, week 14 of 2018. So it's one big one a year, it seems like. So he's had three 200-plus games in the last three years? Two. Is that right? Two 200-yard two. games, another 159. That's getting after it now. And, I mean, look at this. So, let's see, seven, nine touchdowns over the last three seasons against this team. Yeah, he's he's just dominated them. And, yeah. and, you know, you can sit there and say, oh, you want you're going to stop him, you're going to stop him, you're going to stop him. And then he gets outside, he's got like a 45-yard run running over people. Oof. Or, or a 99-yard Because he's against little guys outside. He can push them around you know, or push three or four of them around. Hey, let's come back yeah, in a moment. The whole idea, and yeah. you guys have seen this, don't let them get going. That's, That's the right. easiest. And you'd think that, that with a bad offensive line, Tony, you wouldn't be able to get going. But he's, they're using Pete, him in the passing game, too. They split him out wide sometimes. 
Pete, your insight's unbelievable. Don't let him get going. Every defense choir known to mankind's tried that, and no one's quite figured it out yet. Okay, so with a bad offensive line, why can't they stop him? Well, that maybe they're a good offensive line run blocking. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the skill set to uh, pass block. Yeah, I, I don't know how good a run blocking. They, I, they've gotten creative with him. I'll give him credit for that. Hey, let's come back. We've got plenty ahead. We'll come back with the injuries. An update from Urban Meyer today on that front. A couple of key contributors for the Jaguars. And the kicking situation is still up in the air for this week as well. The Daily's Place schedule coming up. It is busy. It was busy last week. It's going to be busy again coming up this week as well with NF. October 6th, a couple of days from now. Zach Brown band on the 8th. Alice Cooper, October 9th. Pitbull, October 12th. Three doors down, October 14th. Tickets at dailiesplace.com. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. A little over five minutes left in the opening hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli. Glad you're along with us on this Monday afternoon as we get ready for week five. The Jags and the Tennessee Titans coming up at TIAA Bank Field. It's a one o'clock kickoff time. We'll see if the Jaguars can finish a game. They, uh, they have not been able to do that the last two weeks. They've let second half leads slip away. The offense seems to be improving as the weeks go along, but they're going to be down a couple of key contributors on offense for the foreseeable future. DJ Chark with a broken ankle. He's done for an indefinite amount of time. AJ Can, MCL issue. That's what Urban Meyer said today. Don't expect either one of them to be available for a while, according to the head coach, Tony. And uh, you start shuffling around that offensive line that we've talked about all year that has come back now for three consecutive opening days. The same group. Can is out now for a little bit, and let's see if Bart can step in there and play, and then we've already kind of discussed the receiver issues, Tony. Did they put him on the three-day, I mean, the three-week IR or the long-term IR? Or do you even have to designate I don't think anymore? you have to designate. I think you can you don't. either leave him and But the soonest he, the, the soonest he can come back is three weeks, correct? That's correct. Yep. Yep. So what it does is it makes Will Richardson the swing tackle. I mean, excuse me, the swing guard. Uh, and do they only keep seven up? You know, a lot of teams back in the day would only keep seven offensive linemen up. You could have well, they activated Richardson. Walker Little today. Off yeah, the off the COVID, COVID list. So he's you missed swing my tackle. point. Is he going to be active game day? He's not even when he was off the COVID list. He's right. COVID list. He's not been active yet. Do they just make Will Richardson basically your, you know, fifth, you know, or sixth offensive lineman, and Shatley is your center guard? You know, that I mean, some teams. I mean, Pete, there was games back when I played. We'd only go in with seven guys. Yeah, uh, and that's probably uh, what they do because he could because Richardson can play tackle. He can play guard. Yeah, that's what I would do. Or do, they, or, or do they bring is Walker Little ready to come up? I mean, I, I mean, we have seen nothing from him because we haven't been at practice. Is he ready to come up and and play? Yeah, but okay, like you just mentioned, what, well, why would what would be the point of bringing him up if you got those two that can play two different spots each? Uh, and they've been in practice yeah. the last couple of weeks too. If, if Little's been on the COVID list, I mean, yeah, he hadn't been out there. I, I didn't say I would. It's a, it was a question more than anything. Yeah. What about Chark? That injury done? He's done for the year. You think? It depends where the break is, Pete. You know, if is yeah. it is it the non weight is it the non weight bearing bone? 
or is it the weight bearing? I mean, there's so many in- intricacies there that I'm not even going to try to speculate because I did not hear exactly what Mm-mm. type of break it was, JP. I don't know no, if you did. No, Urban didn't well, I can say tell anything you, today I can about tell you what kind of break it is. It's a bad break for him because he was in a contract year. Huge. I mean, that was – I feel so bad for him because he's out there doing his job run blocking and doing all that. He's he put a good on run the added block. weight. He's a good that. run block. Yeah, and he just gets rolled up on from behind, and yeah. it just was an awful situation. It stinks. It stinks. You, you, you he, don't, it, it does stink, but you don't get paid to uh, run block as a wide receiver. No, I know. I understand um, that. No, no. But, no, I, my point is I, I was addressing both of you guys' issues. I agree. I love seeing a guy like him work. So that wasn't being negative at all. But I was saying what you were saying, Pete. You don't get paid in free agency to be a run blocker. No. So that's where it stinks for him. I mean, he was hoping for a big year. He had the big year year two, uh, did nothing last year, and really has not done much this year. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, everyone likes DJ a ton. I know I do. And so you root for guys like that to, you know, get paid and for it to work out. And it looks like he's going to have to, you know, right now, you'd assume he's going to have to take a, make a, take a prove-it deal somewhere. Maybe here, one-year deal and go prove what he can do. Yeah, it didn't start off great statistically for him here. 22 targets, seven catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns for Chark in uh, the three games plus, what, nine plays on offense. Yeah, it's tough, tough deal because he's such a good dude. Yeah, he's such a good dude. And I he, thought he was actually going to have a decent game on Thursday. I really yeah. did. I thought that was going to be one where he got him going a little bit. Unfortunately, didn't work out that way. Got to see a couple of new contributors as we touched on a moment ago. How about the catch by Agnew down the field, Pete? Like a little toe tap at the end, 27-yarder. It was pretty nice for a guy yeah, who didn't uh, play receiver. The, see, I got all – it was a great catch, but I got all caught up in the throw. I mean, my God, that thing. <laughs> yeah. That throw was fantastic. I don't know. I mean, you could see him crossing, wasn't open, and then he puts it in between two, two guys over there. That was an unbelievable throw. But, yeah, it was I mean, a great think, catch by him, too. Well, I think that's the one thing that's clear. I mean, it becomes clear to me or clearer every week that Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. He makes throws that you're just like, oh, my. Um, wow. Like, that's like a big boy throw. And that was one of them, that corner route that Agnew, yeah, in the window, a little – had to drop it in a window that was so tight. And then give Agnew a ton of credit, to your point, JP, of getting both feet down. Great play. Yeah, if there's one thing that's come out of the first four games is you need not worry about that quarterback, okay? Don't worry about him. He'll be fine. Everybody relax. He's going to be okay. He's getting better by the week. Hey, that's Pete, a good thing. Yes, Tony. Pete, what you think of, Pete, what'd you think about how they ran him more? I know you were just quite cringing. I, I like what they did in the game on Thursday night. They moved the pocket. They did some zone read. You know, they did drop back. They got the ball out of his hand quickly. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was Daryl. Uh, I thought it was uh, Bevel's best game plan of the Yeah, of but the it's year. almost like once they got off the script, it kind of went haywire again. We'll come back and delve into that thought in the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. Recap the top stories of the day. We'll hear from Trevor Lawrence coming up in just a few moments. We'll play Keeping It Real. And get your social media questions. One hour down, one hour to go. It's Monday, and it's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. We'll have to regroup a little bit. This one hurts. Just, you know, 14-0 halftime. Come back out and just um, somehow come up on the wrong side of it. That's, that's tough, but... 
We're going to bounce back, I have no doubt. I know what we're made of, just seeing how we've handled the first three weeks. I know nothing's going to change, but damn, I really want to get a win with these guys because we've been working so hard and put ourselves in a position the last two weeks, really, even, you know, even against the Broncos had a chance too. And, just got to finish. Um, it's collectively, it's everybody. It's not one, one side of the ball or anything like that. It's just all of us uh, finishing. And we're getting there. I'm not even going to say, you know, it's going to take time, whatever. We're, we're right there. And you guys have seen it the last few weeks. And um, I have no doubt that this hurts for sure because you work, you work so hard and play primetime Thursday night game. You feel like you have it won. And then uh, they go out there and, and hit the game winner. So uh, it happens, but we're going we're gonna to keep working. Keep working, and welcome back. It's the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. That's the quarterback Trevor Lawrence after the Thursday night game, the loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, 24-21 on Thursday night football. Now it's on to week number five, J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. Biggest news of the day, Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer said he apologized to the team after a social media video and photos of him surfaced over the weekend. Said that a coach should not be a distraction, and now – trying to move ahead to this Week 5 game against the Tennessee Titans. We are recapping the Thursday night football game, though, 24-21. Defense had issues in the second half. In fact, they did not get off the field. Cincinnati scored on all four possessions in the second half and overcame a 14-0 halftime deficit to beat the Jaguars on a last-second field goal. The Jaguars have now dropped 19 consecutive games, tied for the third-longest record in or third-longest losing streak, rather, in NFL history. 29 is the all-time record by the Chicago Cardinals in World War II, and that included the combined Steelers-Cardinals roster in 1944 due to players in military service. That's a long time ago. Since the merger, 26 is the longest losing skid. The Buccaneers, 76 and 77. 19 now for the Jags, trying to snap a three-game skid against the Tennessee Titans, who come to town with Derrick Henry leading the league in carries and rushing yards and possibly some receivers coming back from injury a week ago. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli with us today. It's a lot to rehash, hey, a lot to get ready for, Pete. Yes. JP, when I covered that uh, 42 team, I remember the coach didn't make the train one trip on the way back. He decided to stay behind <laughs> and hang out yeah. at one of the speakeasies in Chicago. <laughs> man. Oh, Pete, you're, a ter- you're, you're a terrible Unbelievable, person. Unbelievable, you know man. That? Unbelievable. <laughs> well, hey, I made fun of myself by being an old guy covering the 42 team. You got that right. And then I just, right? I, if you can't poke fun at yourself, who can you poke fun at? Well, it's not, I mean, no, it is, it was lighthearted. I appreciate it. But, I mean, we talked about it in the first hour. He apologized, said he was a distraction, apologized to his team, apologized to his family, so on and so forth, apologized to the organization. Listen, nothing's going to change this. You know, I mean, I shouldn't say that. The best way to change this is just go win a football game. Like, you want this to behind you, go win a football game. This team needs to win, speaking to JP's um, uh, point about, uh, you know, the record and how long it is um, of losing streak. You want to end that. And they have a chance to do that against a division rival. And, and it'll all get better if they go win a football game. If they don't, it's just going to continue to meander. Um, and the other thing, I, as I was listening to JP – Kind of recap the first hour. My only th- my thought when he was talking about Coach Meyer and the press conference today is, and the you know the pictures coming out this weekend is, my only thought was Twitter is undefeated. 
I mean, it is just the, it is such a, I mean, if you get on the wrong side of Twitter, it is, it's an avalanche. Well, not only that, I, thank God it wasn't around when I was younger. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean lesson, any of us, I'm not, I'm not, well, in the lesson, I mean, I hope if you're a, if you're a person in the spotlight or a, you know, a professional athlete or coach, and I'm not saying this, whatever, have, whatever, again, we talked about this earlier, the morality of it, that side of it, Urban will deal with that with his, you know, his inner circle. But it, it's a, it's a reminder, Pete, like there are, there are cameras everywhere. I mean, everywhere. And people are, and people are looking to get you a camera and it will end up on Twitter. Well, not just Twitter. It's just that you know, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or whatever they want, yeah, and, yeah, and and we have and we have a whole society that wants to take everybody down a peg. Yeah, I mean, so, I they guess, feast on so, they feast. It's like a feeding frenzy, uh, you know, like vultures on a piece of meat. They just want to take you down and ruin you. And JP, I hope no one gets me on camera at Daly's place at one of the concerts when I start dancing. Why do you think I, mean, I want to go to the couch all the time at Daly's place, man, and hang out? I mean, Tony, you you yeah, get after it, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, but not that's only a, but not only that, Tony. It's like because last, you know a, that that's out there. Don't put yourself in any bad positions. Well, I mean, that, does that mean I can't dance to the concert anymore? Oh, no, that's I mean, that's just it's it's hard to watch, but it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got a big giant tree in the middle of the concert dancing. I wouldn't want to be sitting behind you. Sir, you could that. you move? I can't see the band. You're in the way. You have to think of it the size of the nine and three quarters helmet. That head would be a problem in front of you in a, in a concert. <sighs> How big was it's your helmet, Sally? Seven and seven eighths. There is not a chance in hell. That's still a big head. You went over eight. That's an eight head. Oof. Man, it's maybe maybe it's grown as I've gotten older. <laughs> seven to seven days. See, I mean, when you get older, other than your other than your stomach, you shrink. <laughs> your stomach gets bigger, but you shrink down. Like my dad used to be taller than me, and he was standing next to me the other day. He goes, "Oh my God, I'm smaller than you now." <laughs> and I go, "You shrunk. You're 85. Of course you shrunk." And shorter than you. That's a that's a big feat. And he was he was like three three inches taller, two or three inches taller than me. That means you're going to be short. That's, I was going to say, well, what, what do really you have short. in store, Pete? That's going to be something to see in a few years. You know what though? Get me to eighty five, and I'll worry about the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, what do you want to see out of Trevor this week against Tennessee? What is the biggest challenge against this Titans defense? I know we're very early in the week. It's Monday. We haven't even got to the, the Wednesday practice and all that stuff starting yet, Pete. But what do you want to see out of the quarterback this week? Continued growth. And I think we saw it the other day. I, I think that was one of his best games. And and Tony was spot on about getting him outside the pocket and creating for him. I, I don't love the runs. I mean, I, I don't mind a couple here and there. I mean, the shots he took on the goal line in that run, they were – you don't want to – he's a tall, lanky guy, and everybody's coming in giving him a blast in there. That's, you don't want to see that. I, I, I don't. And so I don't mind a few runs and a few of those zone reads and get him outside, throw the football. Like the throw he made to Chenault. Chenault wasn't open, but he threw him open. And he, was such, he had such a good arm that he got outside the pocket and made the throw down the field. I, I like that kind of stuff. And, and I think he's growing uh, we, each week. And, and so, yeah, there's, there's, this week, this defense is not that good. 
They're better, but they're not that good. And if you watch the game yesterday, Zach Wilson got outside the pocket, made some throws against him. It took him a while to get going, but he made some throws in the third and fourth quarter against him. So that's something I think that they can do with Trevor this week. Yeah, before I get to Trevor, I mean, you bring up Zach Wilson. Boy, he has a strong arm, doesn't he? Oh, Ooh, he can whip. Yeah. He struggles inside the pocket because he's little, Tony. It's funny. And once he gets outside the pocket, he keeps his head up and he makes some nice throws. He can he can rip it when he gets outside the pocket. How tall is he, Pete? They list him at 6'1". He doesn't look like it. When he's in the pocket, he's having a hard time seeing. But, boy, you're right. Yeah. When he gets outside, he can zip that ball, man. I mean, to Trevor Lawrence, I mean, JP, I'm, I'm like Pete. I want to see just if he just continues on the path that he's on. I mean, he is he's getting better each week. He's making better decisions each week. Uh, I thought it was a big step. No turnovers this week. Uh, made good decisions with the football. Um, yeah, I, I, just to continue the progression. I, I got nothing but good things to say about Trevor Lawrence at this point. You know, JP, when I watch when I go back and watch the tape, I always like when I watch quarterbacks, I always like to see. Is there a throw or throws where they turned him down instead of taking the shot mm-hmm. when the guy's open? Mm-hmm. And there weren't a lot of those in this game. <laughs> because th- th- that bothers me sometimes. Like, I went back and watched Justin Fields last week, and he-, he got murdered. He got destroyed. They dominated him, the offensive line, a couple weeks. But not this past week, but last week. For third play of the game, he has a shot in the middle of the field, doesn't take it. Later on in the game, he's got a crosser in the middle of the field, doesn't take it. Those bother me. There aren't many of those with Lawrence. There aren't many of those. Yeah, he'll he'll get it. He's a little window. He's going to take it. Tony, is that your beeper? What is that going off? Do you still he's have going one? back into the seventies, eighties? He's got <laughs> a beeper. No, that, was my, that was my cell phone. I'm, I had to silence it. I apologize. It sounded like a beeper. Nineteen eighty-five. Wow. It's my wife. She's she's wondering how I'm doing. She's very concerned about me. She's obviously not listening to the radio. I did you have three brats last Monday? <laughs> I need to stop eating. That's for sure on the road. How many? How many brats? We never got to that. JP said two in the over. He took the over. I took the under. But what'd you go? Dead on the number. I had two. Two. Wow. <laughs> After four bags of Fritos. <laughs> <laughs> brutal. Brutal. I, I yeah. I had some Fritos. Yes. Just brutal. <laughs> Just brutal. Hey, you were on uh, last night, Tony. You were on Sunday Night Football last yeah. night. I heard you riding around last night, and we were, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to that game coming up in just a little bit, how it ended. I mean, that was fantastic. But you're all over Westwood now. You're everywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, doing – It's I got a good break. I'm not doing much for October, so I'll be at home. Outside of the Jaguar stuff for most of October, which will be nice. Did you? Who did you work with last night? Uh, Ryan Racky, one of J.P. Shadrick's old minor league baseball buddies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard him on the air. Me and J.P. were talking about him. He's pretty good, actually. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. Great guy. A lot of fun to work with. Does a great job. Uh, we'll get to uh, some highlights of that game coming up in just a little bit when we go around the National Football League. We'll come back in a moment. It's time for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi, our weekly segment. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon. Glad you've joined us today on the Jaguars Digital Network. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. It is Monday afternoon. And it is time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. 
Krill Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Our question today, our, I guess our commentary today, will be about this Jaguars defense coming up this week. The Jags, uh, through today, through the games of yesterday, um, I should say, not including tonight yet, the game hasn't happened, the Jaguars are 13th in the league in rush defense. Just over 106 yards a game allowed, 13th in the NFL. They are fifth in the league in yards rushing per play allowed, 3.5 yards per play. That's a really good average. How does that stack up against Derrick Henry, who is first in the league in pretty much every category (laughs) rushing you can think of? How does that stack up this week? Can the Jaguars' defense, and how do they slow down Derrick Henry? You know, I thought I, me and Tony were talking about this before the show. I, I thought Devon Hamilton had a really good game on on uh, Thursday night. I thought he was pe- getting up the field. He was penetrating. He was splitting doubles, and he looked like the guy Thursday that I thought we would see this season. And, and I think he's key, obviously, to any time you want to stop the run. And and they've actually been pretty decent against the run this year in yards per attempt. You mentioned it, JP. They've been solid. And what's the deal with? Robertson Harris, is he going to be back? He's coming back. He's coming back. Urban said that today. Okay, so now you get a, a guy who's a pretty good run player back, and, and you have your three top guys in there. I, I think that's not a problem for them is the big physical guys, and that's why they got those guys, to stop the run. You would think it would translate to success rushing the passer, but it hasn't done so. But, uh, again, penetration key to, to any running back, particularly with a guy like with uh, Henry, don't let him get started. Once he gets started mm. and gets that massive body going, I would not want to be a guy coming up out of center field having to face that in the open field. That would, you know, we asked that question one day, Tony. What would you, you you're a violent guy, you played the game, but if you were and you were just the average fan off the street, would you rather go across the middle and try and catch a pass with a safety bearing down on you? Or would you rather be the safety running up to try and tackle Derrick Henry in the open field? In today's NFL tackling dinner, Derrick Henry would be more treacherous because at least in today's football, they can't hit you in the head. They just hit you in the body. Right. In the old, day, in the old days, I'd rather tackle Derrick Henry because they could actually try to kill you as you went across the middle of the field. I mean, I, I'm telling you, once he pops the line and you're a defensive back and you got him in a one-on-one situation, that's got to be just – uh, well, and then and then when he runs it the, wide, I, I, you know, sorry, Tony, when he runs it wide, he's lining up those guys for the stiff arm thing. He can just kind of see them coming, and then they can't get in close enough because he's got it down to a science now of how to just swat them away from him. Yeah, but I'd rather well, be stiff arm by him than have to tackle him in the open <laughs> hit field. Hit him in the tree trunk legs, right? I think I think the key is is you have to make him go sideways, and when I say that. He can't get his shoulder pad square and getting downhill on you because it's just it's like over, and, and he is shifty enough once he gets up into the line of scrimmage that he can make. And, he, and he's going north and south. And he's moving and he has jump cuts and he has great feet. But if you can get him going lateral early and shuffling early, then you have a chance to come up and stop him. Penetration. Yep. What do so, they say? Penetration rules the nation. Isn't that what they say? That's the first for me, but I'll go with it, uh, Pete. Whatever you say, Pete. So the uh, Jaguars need to slow down Henry. That's priority number one this Sunday when the Jaguars host the Tennessee Titans, and that is Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert 
Mondavi. I haven't got my care package yet, Pete. Did you get yours? No, I have not. I'm still waiting for it. Tony? Uh, negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. I have not. We'll work on that. We said that a month ago as well, but we'll, we'll work on that. The season's going to be over by the time we're working on the care package. <laughs> we'll have time Bobby. to We'll have time on, to we work on it. Come on, we got to call him up. Bobby Mondavi. Hey, this is Prisco. We're Paisan, hey. buddy. <laughs> from, from the Vaseli old country. Too. He's by... JP, me and Vaselli might get get a care package. He might not send you one. Yeah, I I might not qualify. Uh, we're back in a moment. We've got social media questions. Tony's favorite. And a little later, we'll go around the National Football League. Plenty ahead still. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Obviously, when you can control the game like you did in the first half, that's really the key. And really going in, it should have been 21-0. Got stuff right there on the, on the fourth down on the goal line. Uh, but still, controlled the game going into halftime. Second half, I don't, I don't think we did a, a great job on offense of, of holding on to the ball and um, eating some clock and just moving it. You know, we had a, a three and out, touchdown drive, and then I think uh, after that we got a couple first downs and then had to punt. So, um, you know, I thought we, we played better on offense as far as just cleaned up a bunch of things, turnovers. I thought I did a good job taking care of the ball. I didn't put the ball in harm's way. I thought I used my legs good. I thought the guys up front killed it, honestly. Run game was really good, especially in the first half. Uh, pass protection was awesome. I don't, I don't know if there's any sacks. The one, on, it was a holding call, so we ended up getting that back. So, did a great job. I mean, we getting better every week. Obviously, that's, that, that's heartbreaking, that loss, but uh, we're getting better. That's Trevor Lawrence getting better on offense. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. Tony, you didn't want the moral victory thing. But, you know, the quarterback feels some progress with this offense, at least. That's a good start. you got to start with him. He's the one slinging the ball around. Yeah, but uh, listen, I, I get that you want progress. You want to get better. It's better. It's, you know, that's better than getting worse. Let's be clear about that. Um, I guess my point, more than anything, is um, you got to win ball games. I mean, uh, that's all that matters. Like nobody's going to feel good about you know continuing to get better but losing games. That just doesn't fly. I don't think it flies at the organization level. I don't yeah, fly at the- yeah, you're right. You want to win game, but would you rather be? Would you be okay? Would you rather? Would you be happier? If they were, if they won that game with Gardner Minshew playing quarterback, rather than having losing the game, than having Trevor Lawrence playing quarterback. Yeah, here we go, Pete. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the reality of it. It's not about this year. I understand. It is okay. So you don't think it matters if you lose and you break the all-time record? And I'm, I, I know we have a ways to go to get there. But you know, losing this week, losing twenty straight—that's like rarefied air that you don't want to be breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I get it, Tony. As an organization, you don't want to be breathing that. But as a, as a as a most of those, a lot of those guys, like Trevor Lawrence, wasn't part of it. He's part of it now. He's not part of that. it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Pete. You want to win ball games. You want to pay off for the hard work. I, I want to. As well as I, I want to grow a football team. That's what. That's what. If I'm the guy building that thing, I want to grow the football team. 
you realize you can do both. You can win and grow. Like not everyone loses every week and like wakes up one day and you are a world champion. Like the, there's progression to get there. Right. I get it. I understand that. But rather than winning a game with like a guy that's not going to be here for the building process, you'd rather have the quarterback there. He's here. But your your question is idiotic. He is here. It's not a question. It's a statement. You were the one that's talking about how important it is to win games. I get it. But it's more important to grow the thing for the future. Much more important. Winning football games confirms what you're doing and builds confidence. And it is part of the building towards the future. You're the first one who always says that nothing happens in one season carries over to the next anyways. Okay. (laughs) You agree. We both agreed on that. I understand, but you have to learn how to win. Learn how to win a game, Pete. Okay, but if you win one game and then go on another losing streak, does that make you learn how to win? No, no. I'm not saying that. You got to string together a bunch of them. Thank you. Took you a while to get there. I didn't think well, I'd have to spell it out for all you. All I'm saying is it's more important to develop the quarterback this year for next year than it is to win a game. That's all I'm saying. Much more important. I didn't say, I didn't say a game. I'm What I'm saying is, response to uh, JP, the comment of like, well, they're getting better, that rings hollow to people sooner or later. Like nobody wants to hear we're getting better and we lose every week. That's all I'm saying. Fans wise. I get it. Or play or player wise. I've been on a team that lost seven straight or eight straight under Tom in ninety five. It was miserable. I would have you know what? I would have taken a week just to feel a little bit better of getting worse and winning. <laughs> just because losing stinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 again. It's not about this year for me, and I'm looking at big it's e- picture. It's easy for you to say you're sitting in South Florida writing articles, and you have nothing into it. <laughs> Neither do the fans. They're just fans. I'm talking about the dang players. It matters. Okay, you want to win. I get it. I understand. You play the game to win. I understand that whole concept. All I'm saying is, in the grand scheme of things, it's more important for the quarterback to develop and people to develop around him for the future than it is to win a game, to break some streak. Yeah. Just stay down there and write your articles, Pete. You have no, no skin in the you game. You disagree no, with me? No. I mean, you have. You, you think winning on. a game to break a streak is more important than developing the quarterback for the long run? When you win the game, you develop everybody, not just the quarterback. Yeah, they won one in week one last week. Did they develop anybody? Pete, come on. You're being idiotic. You're I'm not being idiotic. Yes, I think you want them to break the streak. Uh, I think no, I don't. I don't care either way. All I'm saying is you can't just have tunnel vision on the now. you got to look at the big picture. Let's, let's, you know what? You know what's going to cheer everybody up here, Tony? What? What, Tony? What, uh, are we going to break right now? No. No, let's start talking about draft picks. No, no, no. no. God, no. <laughs> no. Jeez. Uh, you know, it'll cheer everybody up, though. Social media questions. Let's get to them today. We put the bat signal out earlier today. Uh, it's been one of those days on here, social media here. JP, yes. You're, you're not going to be able to, you can't read some of the questions. Just to put that I, I <laughs> trust me. I know. Uh, at Jag, I've, seen some, I've seen some of them. You can't read them. Uh, those might or might not make the show uh, at Jag 28 fan. Feels like we have no playmakers on defense. Should Cisco get some snaps 
maybe his ball hawking abilities can help generate some turnovers. That's the Jags only have one takeaway in four games, guys. You don't rush the passer, you don't get turnovers. It's pretty simple. And and by the way, we've we've kind of been critical of the safety playing back there. He's not been awful. He's not the problem. Okay, also I I was having this conversation with someone today. If you had to name it defensive MB defensive MVP through four games, who would it be? Ooh, man. Is it Wingard? No. It might be, it might it be might Wingard. Be. Jack Griffin's played some good football too at times. Go look at go look at Wingard's numbers, tackles, interception. Yeah. Well, is it, it, it isn't it isn't anybody it isn't anybody on the defensive line. It yeah. isn't the linebackers. And because Miles Jack hasn't played as well. Here's Wingard's, uh, here's Wingard's stat line, by the way. He's third on the team in tackles, 26 total tackles, one sack, uh, TFL, an interception, a pass defense, and a couple of special teams tackles also. What What is Shaq Griffin's numbers on that stat sheet? Shaq Griffin. Let's see here. 19 tackles, three passes defensed. Yeah, he's been okay. pretty good. What about Rayshon Jenkins? Rayshon Jenkins, 21 tackles. That's fourth best on the team. A tackle for loss, a quarterback hit, and two passes defensed. Well, think about okay, it for a second. Way, okay. Andrew Winger is having the most impactful year this year. But think about it. The guys we're even considering are all in the secondary. Yeah. Uh, the tackles are downfield at that point. That's not a great sign. But did you listen? I mean, Andrew Winger, I could make the argument, is the defensive MVP after four games. Isn't that and you something? know what? As a guy who was critical of him starting, I'll be the first one to admit I was, he's played better than I expected him to play. Kudos S- to him. Cisco got zero defensive snaps Thursday night, by the way, zero. Yeah, I'm, and I'm only bringing up Winger because people keep on asking for Cisco. I don't think he's better than Winger right now. Like Winger is not the problem. No, he's not. He's not the problem. The pass rush is the problem. It's pretty simple. I agree. Next question from social media today. This is at Duval underscore 45. Through four games, Cam Robinson has been a franchise left tackle. Would you like to see more from him or write the check now? Also, he has that 71 in him, always defending his guys who may be getting roughed up or helping guys off the ground. Hashtag don't mess with Big Bo. So I'll say this. I've not watched the tape this week because – um, I actually went to download it um, when I uh, Friday, um, and it wasn't it wasn't available. I can't remember I, what happened, I, and then I had to get ready for the Sunday night game, so I'll try to watch it this week. Um, but watching the first three games on tape, watching it live on Thursday night, I think Cam Robinson's playing very well. Uh, he is earning his money, and if he continues like this and stays healthy healthy for the next thirteen weeks he's going to make a significant paycheck and a very nice contract. Um, I would not pay him yet. I'd make him prove to me as an organization that he can consistently do it week in and week out for the entire year. If he does, and I got to pay an extra 10%, 20, 15, 20% more, I'll pay it. Um, because right now he is earning everything and he's playing like a franchise left tackle. I would agree with you. I think you, and I did watch the tape from Thursday. There were a couple Times where, I, what was the one play supposed to be ball out when the when they got the sack? The guy went around him. It looked like they were. Um, it, it was like a three step drop, and he went around Cam Robinson. It didn't look I, I, like I it was on go, him. Yeah, I have to go watch it again, Pete. He got bull rushed one time where the guy, I think it was Hubbard, pushed him into the backfield. But other than that, he was solid. He was solid. He did a nice job. He's earning a contract. Let's put it that way. He's earning. 
you know, look, Garrett Bowles earned a contract. Here's where you got to be careful because Garrett Bowles earned a contract last year with a career year, and he's terrible so far this year. Four sacks. Four sacks. Yeah, he's been bad. So you got to be careful with guys like this. Is this is this the contract pay me year, and then you regress and go back to the norm, or is this who he is going forward? He's only going to get better, which is why I agree with Tony. Play it out. Let him play it out. Our next question from Twitter today. An active place uh, at Brandox Jacks. Our pass rush is lackluster to say the least. Even when we send the heat on a blitz, they don't get home. What can they do to get some pressure on the quarterback to help our young corners out? Win. Well, yeah. what, young corners, I mean, Jack Griffin is not young. But besides that, I guess they're talking about um, Tyson Campbell, who, you know, continues to have a tough go at it outside. He just does not locate the ball very well. Um, they, We don't win one-on-one. I mean, that's the bottom line. We don't win one-on-one matchups. And so you got to win. So maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's more reps. I don't know what it is. Maybe they're just not good enough. But we don't win. No, like, and I'll give you an example. The, the Tyler Boyd jerk route that he got Damian Wilson on. Oh, my God. And, and when you watch it on tape, it's even worse. That takes a little time to run that route. And he stood back there, and he just waited. It, it, it's, you know... They got to be able, and even when he brings pressure, he's right. They seem to get blocked. The only time they won consistently was they all won at one point. I don't know what happened on that play. Remember, everybody had a chance to get that sack. Remember the sack, Tony? Almost everybody had a chance. I I remember exactly what you're talking about. And then the rest of the game, there was nothing. Yeah. Win. Got to win. Next question, social media number four. Reno Hightower 21. Pete warned us before the season about the lack of speed on the roster, notably the wide receiver and cornerback positions. Can this be corrected in one offseason, or are we still two-plus offseasons away if done right? You warned us, Pete. Well, I don't know. Pete, it was, it was addressed to you. You warned us. Yeah, I don't know if you could correct it in the offseason, but again, we go back to something we both said. Um, would we have taken the running back with the second first-round pick? Probably not. He's a speedy guy, though. I get why they took him. I probably would have taken the big guy there. Or, by the way, you saw one last night that I considered in that spot, Barmore. Um, Barmore, he's a good player. He's a good player. Yeah. Um, also, let me, tell, let, me tell you, let me tell you else who's, that is pretty good. Uh, is uh, Tyron Shoinka? Uh, Shoinka? Uh, the uh, uh, it was Joe. His name was Joe Tyron. Yeah, Joe Tryon. Uh, Joe, yeah. Try, yeah, Joe, Joe Tryon. Tryon for, but now he goes by Tryon Shoinka. Yeah, he's really good. He's he going to be a star. He was, he was there when we took Travis Etienne. Etienne. You're correct. And, yeah. And, and there and were other worked, guys. And if you way. wanted to get speed receivers, they were there. Rondell Moore was there if you wanted to get him. I mean, there were Tryon, guys. Tryon uh, Shoinka can rush the passer. He's going to be a star. They couldn't block him in training camp, Tony. He's go- and those are good, ta- supposedly good tackles in Tampa. They couldn't block him. Like, wh- how, wh- wh- why did he slip so far? And why well, he opted he- out. He opted out last year, and I think that hurt okay. him a little bit. But, again, there were other options. Speed receiver was one of them. Look, Tyson Campbell can run. It's just that's not the problem for him. 
He's just – Tony ball mentioned ball. he has no ball skills, and that was the problem at Georgia. Well, yeah, I guess – yeah. I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I love the other corner more from Georgia, and, and, and he's turning out to be a really good player, Stokes, for the Packers. But, but I, I, think, I think Campbell – Campbell will be okay. He's got to learn how to play the ball. Sometimes, or or if that's his problem for the rest of his career, then you got a major problem. Well, and the question is, is that something you can teach, or is that just innate skill? Good question. Really good question. Uh, let's get one final question in today from social media. At Brandon Bush 817 it's hard for me not to be biased, so I ask you guys this. How is Miles Jack playing? The first of three weeks, I felt he looked good. He wasn't responsible for the touchdown given up to the Bengals tight end on the sideline, but I feel he wasn't all there Thursday. Your thoughts? What do you think, Pete? Average. It was average. Let's put it this way. Logan Wilson is better than Miles Jack right now. Really? The other linebacker on, on the Bengals. The Bengals, five. Yeah. yeah. I think he's better than Miles Jack, and and Miles Jack needs to pick it up. Miles Jack's a talented guy, for whatever reason. I don't think he's playing to the level I thought he would play. He was fantastic last year. This year, not so much. He's got he's got to pick it up a little bit. Tony, you agree? Uh, he's been, yeah, he's he's been um, a non-event this year. Like, I'm not saying he's playing bad, but it's not bad. It's just yeah, he's not a difference maker. No. Well, they had him outside last year in that 4-3, right? So he had some room to maneuver, and I don't remember him calling plays last year. I think he's back to doing that again in the headset. I don't know if that has much to do with it. They move him around in this. Like, he's on the line of scrimmage sometimes in those, yeah. in those situations. They move him around. He just hasn't been making plays. He's been getting blocked, too. But and and he, sometimes you can see the frustration, too, when he missed. Yeah. Like, he knows yeah. he misses. JP brought up something about you know uh uh he has he has a sticker so he you know he's calling the defense and they purposely two years ago he called the defense and you know last year they said hey we're gonna take that off of him give it to joe showbert and he had his best year i wonder if it's you know i wonder if he's just a guy and this is not speaking good or bad that he just needs to be have a little more freedom and not have so much going on where he's worrying about the defense and calling the defense and everything else and he can just just play around and play. Go play. Go play. I don't know that. I'm speculating. I mean, it'd be, but it'd be interesting to kind of look at that possibly. All right. There you have it. Social media questions are in. There were plenty of submissions today. These were the best we came up with. Thank you for all the submissions. We appreciate it as always. We're back in a moment. We'll go around the National Football League with audio highlights from some of the great finishers around the National Football League in week. Number four, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars News Breaks. You'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli. 15 minutes or so remaining. We're getting ready for week number five. The Jags and the Tennessee Titans coming up this Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff time at TIAA Bank Field. Before we go there, let's rewind and look around the National Football League and touch on some of the games yesterday, starting off Washington, a winner over the Falcons, 34-30, Pete. How about the football team? Yeah, Taylor Heineke. I mean, he's he's playing really good football for them right now. 
I'm worried about their. That's four games in a row. Their defense has been awful. I mean, Jack Del Rio has four high-priced, good, top-level talent on that defensive line, and they're having problems playing defense and stopping teams. Why? I don't get it. Mm. So uh, that's a concern. But they they pulled the game out because Heineke played really well in the fourth quarter. Let's move along to the Buffalo Bills, a 40 to nothing winner over the Texans, including this first quarter touchdown pass from Josh Allen. John Murphy had the call on WGR Sports Radio 550 in Buffalo. Moss off the left shoulder of uh, Josh Allen, the snap. Allen pumps once, punts twice, fires it now, caught by Dawson Knox at the five, and he goes into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. A double pump fake from Josh Allen. He finally hit Dawson Knox who went into the end zone for the Buffalo touchdown, a 25-yard strike. What a day for the Bills. What a disaster for the Houston Texans, Pete. Yeah, and when you look at Buffalo, they're the third team since the merger to have two shutouts in their first four games, which is pretty impressive. But look who they played. Roethlisberger, who can't throw the ball down the field. They played Heineke at home. They played... Tua, who went out in, in like the first quarter of that game, so they played Brissett, and then they played Davis Mills making his first start on the road. Right. We'll know more about Buffalo's defense come Sunday night when they play the Chiefs on the road. Well, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. I know this has nothing to do with the Buffalo game because I, I agree with you, Pete. They haven't played a very great, good schedule at this point. They never should have lost to the Steelers opening weekend. No business doing that. But the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, he's done. Maybe the Packers know what they're doing as far as getting quarterbacks before the before the franchise guy's done. As someone said, it's always easy to find a quarterback when you don't need a quarterback. Well, and Tony, that's what somebody said to me yesterday. He goes, should they sit down? They're talking about sit, if you sit down Ben Roethlisberger. To play who? Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph? That's not <laughs> yeah, the they, don't have, they don't have anyone else. That's not no. going to work. The, they uh, should have signed Cam Newton. Is Cam, is Cam, can Cam throw the ball anymore? Yeah, that's a good question, he's too. Getting, he's getting up there. The Bears over the Lions, 24-14. Montgomery had two rushing touchdowns for the Bears. We move to the Cowboys over the Panthers, 36-28. The Cowboys were trailing at halftime, had a huge third quarter, including this touchdown pass from Dak Prescott. The great Brad Sham with the call on 105.3 The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Don't think about what gets you three. Think about what gets you six. Prescott in the gun, looking right. Pumps, throws it down. Caught by Wilson at the five. Spin move, free. Strolling in. Walking the doll, opening the gate, painting the fence. Touchdown, Cedric Wilson. I turned this game off at halftime, Pete. And then I turned it back on at the end of the third quarter, and all hell had broken loose in Dallas. Well, they scored that touchdown, and then they got turnovers. Trayvon Diggs had two picks. He's playing great football for them. And and big props to Dan Quinn. That defense, even without Demarcus Lawrence, is playing good football, better than I thought they would play. So uh, they've done a nice job there. And Dak Prescott was on fire yesterday. He's playing really well. They're going to run away with that division. They're the best team in the division, and I didn't think it would play that way. I thought Washington and that defense would be good enough, but the way that defense is playing, I think Dallas is the team to beat for sure. Hey, Pete, I know Sam Darnold threw two picks, and I didn't see the game where they bad picks because overall I think Sam Darnold, first, he's got to be happy, and the Panthers have to be happy 
what he's done the first four games of the season. Obviously, I'm biased. He's an SC guy. But what makes – I mean, one, it shows how – what a disaster the Jets were under Gase. And two, it is just making Joe Brady's star rise even higher. If he fixed Sam Darnold this year and say, and they have a big year, which – the Panthers are a good football team. They get Christian McCaffrey – once they get Christian McCaffrey back. Um, Joe Brady's be head coach next year. Yeah, Joe Brady's done a good job of Sam Darnold. Makes it easier on him, you know. And he ran in twice. He ran. He ran for two touchdowns yesterday. Yeah, I did. I mean, it, it, and one of them was a called zone read. I mean, it, he's done a really good job with him. Sam Darnold made bad throws on those plays, but he was pressing. They're a different offense without McCaffrey. They need him in the lineup. It's an entirely different dynamic defending them. You're right, though. Joe Brady will be a head coach next year. And but Sam Darnold. I mean, Sam Darnold's showing why he was a top five pick. I mean, I mean, he's playing well. He's playing. Yeah. He's playing well. Uh, that team, and, 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 and I guess what my point is, Pete, it is so important for young quarterbacks where they go can make or break them, as far as coaching. And if because there are certain coaches who know how to develop and get a young quarterback, you know, to where that he needs to be, and there's some coaches who just can't do it. I agree. I agree 100. percent Colts over the Dolphins 27-17, including a fourth-quarter touchdown pass from Carson Wentz to Mo Alley-Cox. Matt Taylor had the call on the fan in 97-1 Hank FM in Indianapolis. Wentz takes a shotgun snap, steps up in the pocket. He throws to the left flat, and it is a catch, a contested grab for Mo Alley-Cox. He just wanted it more in the end zone. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Mo Alley-Cox, his second receiving score of the game. And the Colts break it open again once more. It is 26-10. They ended up with a win in Miami, Pete. The Colts got their first win of the season. We've lost Pete. Oh, there he is. (laughs) (laughs) He does. He's bad, man. He is really bad. But, But in fairness to him, Early in the game, they played it so safe, and then he started making shots down the field. And he looked, they got to play loose, or and they'll be forced to play loose this week. They play Tampa. Uh, right now, they have to be one of the Miami has to be one of the bigger disappointments in the league right now. They they, they could be staring one and four in the face Ooh. this week at Tampa. Ooh, that's a rough one. Uh, Browns over the Vikings 14 to 7. The Giants beat the Saints. In overtime with a Saquon Barkley run, 27-21. The Jets, a winner over the Titans in overtime. Hold on, on. go back a second, JP. Yep. The Saints with no Drew Brees just ain't quite the Saints anymore, are they? No, and they have a lot of injuries. I mean, they're down their center. They're down their left tackle. They don't have Michael Thomas. You take all those guys out. And by the way, everybody saw the Taysom Hill runs for touchdown. They didn't show. There was a series. Think about this for a second. Jameis Winston ripped one down the field to, I think it was Callaway, for a 50-yard touchdown pass. But it got called back on a hold. On the very next play, they put Hill in the game and take Winston out, and he tries to throw one down the field and gets picked off. The momentum flipped from that moment on. It was just a bad, bad – they're a weird team, the Saints. I don't know how good they are. Yeah. Sorry, JP. No, you're good. Hey, uh, it's it's uh, an overtime game as we continue our look around the NFL in the Meadowlands. The Jets and the Titans. The Jets hit a field goal. The Titans had to line up to try to tie it near the end of overtime. Bob Wishusen on the call on the 98.7 ESPN Jets radio network. And this will be a 49-yard field goal from the right hash. If he misses, the Jets win. Out of the hold of Townsend. 
The snap clean, the placement down, the kick on the way. Does it have the distance? It floats left. It's no good! It's no good! He pulled it this left! This is the end of the game. And the Jets win it in overtime on the missed field goal by Bullock. They've got their first win of the season. They do have their first win, a big one for the Jets. The uh, We talked about it earlier. Quincy Williams had a big day. Uh, Keelan Cole had a big day for the Jets, and somehow they pull it off. I looked at Quincy Williams' numbers. He had 13 tackles, oh <laughs> a, a sack, like two, two pressures. He had pressures. He had a pa- couple pass defense. It's <laughs> incredible. It's great. Good for him. Like He's a good Lawrence, kid. It's like Lawrence Taylor out there. Yeah. It's like every week there's a guy. Like last week it was Colin Johnson with his five for 50 or whatever he had. And this week it's Keelan Cole and, and, uh, and Quincy Williams. And Fournette. I mean, I, I'm not going to get Fournette. You get rid of him. You don't need him. <laughs> Some other finals yesterday. Chiefs over the Eagles, 42-30. to Andy Reid returning. Uh, the Cardinals over the Rams, 37-20. The, uh, the Rams, well, the Cardinals are, are undefeated, Pete. And this team, Jaguars the team had them right beaten by nine points and couldn't finish the job the other week. Let me tell you this. They just beat the daylights out of the Rams got a touchdown in the final minute. Otherwise that thing isn't even that close. Kyler Murray's playing great football. Uh, they dominated that game from start to finish. You know, if the, if the Raiders win tonight, and I know we'll get to Monday night football in a second, I don't want to steal your, your thunder JP, Thanks, but there will only be two, there are going to only be two undefeated teams in the NFL, the Cardinals and the Raiders. If the Raiders lose, it's the Cardinals all by themselves chasing the Miami Dolphins. It's pretty amazing, isn't it, when you think about it? It really is. Uh, some other games, Seahawks over the Niners, 28-21. The Ravens all over the Broncos. Oh my God. Go back to that game. Uh, Garoppolo might never play quarterback again for the 49ers. Well, don't get fooled by Trey Lance's numbers, though. I, you're missing my point. They're going to change the offense. It'll be a different offense. He's going to move move around more. You're going to see more. And I, I, if they win, forget about his numbers. If they win with Trey Lance, they're never going back to Garoppolo. Okay, they play at Arizona this week. If they win with Trey Lance, you're correct, 100. percent Yep. Ravens over the Broncos, 23 to seven, and then the Packers with a win over the Steelers at Lambeau. A third quarter. Aaron Rodgers, touchdown pass, his 420th career touchdown, tying Dan Marino for sixth all-time. Wayne Larravee on the Packers radio network. Snap, Rodgers faked to Dylan. Aaron bootlegs right, looking. He dumps it off right side, got his man in the end zone. Touchdown right, pile out of the end zone. A late throw, and the Packers on the board extend the lead. It is Randall Cobb. They beat Minka Fitzpatrick. Packers are three and one, Pete. They're going to be just fine, I believe. Yeah, don't worry about them. They play the Bengals this week. That's now suddenly an interesting game. I think they'll whack the Bengals, but that's that's a big proving game for the Bengals. One thing, let's go back to the Denver game, Baltimore game, yeah. real quick. Yeah. Did you see what they did at the end of that game? I was sitting there watching that, and I go, "My gosh, how bushly can you get? You but don't do that." They were that trying to go crap. after the extend the streak of hundred yard rushing care. game. No, that, that, just to explain what everybody if, if they missed it, they were trying to extend the streak of consecutive one hundred yard rushing games. My favorite. Did you see what Lamar Jackson said? He goes, "I don't even know about a record. I don't care about a record. I just want to win a football game." What if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, Pete, doing that? What right. is John Harbaugh doing? 
Why? Why? And what if somebody? If I was on the other team, I might have put a forearm in somebody's helmet. I'm going home. I'm going home with a with a with a couple teeth in my my <laughs> forearm. That was bush league. You see, Fangio got all mad about it. I, I hate stuff like that. It infuriates me. Take your damn knee and go home. It's just like at the end of a game. Why does starting quarterback stay in a game down twenty throwing passes? That that's just absurd it's stupid all right let's wrap up yesterday buccaneers over the patriots 1917 and tom brady's return a 56 yard field goal try in the pouring rain from patriots kicker nick folk ryan radke had the national radio call on westwood one this will be a 56 yard attempt which would match the career high of folk he's 27 of 45 in his career from 50 plus Joe Cardona will snap it. Jake Bailey to hold. Here's the snap ball down. The kick from Folk is on the way. End over end, and it is no good. It bangs off the upright with 55 seconds to go, and the Buccaneers will take over. And they won the game, Tony Baselli. You were sitting right next to Ryan Radke there. What a game that was. No reaction from the booth? By nothing. Oh, he missed it. Nothing? You're not supposed to, Pete. Professional analysts on the radio That's on a right. big call. You let the you let the play-by-play call it and let it breathe because so that way they can have highlights like that so you have me screaming in the background right. something stupid. Real quick. <laughs> JP, am, am I right, JP? You're right. You're right, Tony. It's time for Monday Night Football, an AFC West Division showdown at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Through three weeks, the Raiders have the top total offense in football. With quarterback Derek Carr leading the league in passing yardage, they'll take that undefeated record on the road to SoFi to face the Chargers, second-year quarterback and Pete's guy, Justin Herbert. Who you got tonight, quickly? I'm scoring. I'll take, I'll take the Chargers. Raiders. Just win, baby. Raiders. Hey, by the way, Gus Bradley, kudos, buddy. He's done a great job with that defense. They were the worst defense like in the history of the NFL last year. <laughs> Getting better. Uh, Gus Bradley, Greg Olson's out there, too. That'll do it for our program today. Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber on our production crew, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. I'm J.P. Shatter. Catch you next time. Jaguars happy hour.